Listener Production. KickPod acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast. The Yolukut Wollum clan of the Boonwurrung, who are part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the KickPod, your DM on the stuff that matters. One, two, three, Hello. We're always very excited about our guests. Yes, but today I feel like, Laws, you're jumping out of your skin and we are both big fans of this guest and I'm sure everyone that's listening in is well aware of who he is. But Laws, do you want to give a bit of background on Hugh Van Kylenberg because we are so excited to have him back for the third time on the Kickpod. Yeah, I don't think anyone's been on three times before. No, we, yeah, that says so something. we really love Hugh. We really love Hugh. And obviously Hugh is the one of the hosts of the Imperfects podcast, which you would have heard uh, both <laughs> of us recommend a lot of times on this podcast. It's such, such a good show. And he's also the founding director of the Resilience Project, which is an extremely successful business helping people become happier and more resilient. And he is an author of two best-selling books. He does so much amazing work mm. and he's a lovely person. And this is, I've every time he's come on the podcast, I have cried. Yeah. So today I also cried. It was happy tears, lots of happy tears. And also repeated what I did the first time when snot came out of my nose and you saw it. That's happened twice now. <laughs> He's also a very proud father of three and he does touch on that um, today. So the first time we had him on, we spoke to him a little bit about, you know, how he started the Resilience Project and why and what he's been through. And then we had him on again and we spoke through the the challenges we all kind of faced throughout COVID and, and getting through. And this time around, He's been really open lately about being in a bit of a storm and getting through it. And so we we love to pick his brain. He's so inspiring and we are really grateful for how much he shared on today's podcast. We are so thrilled to have you back on the podcast, Hugh. Thank you so much for coming in. Hi, girls. How are you going? Nice to see, <laughs> nice to see you both. Sorry I'm late, by the way. I apologize. I, oh, that's okay. I, had a, I, had a, I wanted what I wanted to do. Someone for our podcast that I bought jam that they'd made and some sourdough bread. And I was so moved by that. I thought from now on, I'm going to bring something for the host when I do podcasts. Uh-huh. And I stopped at Loon. Do you know Loon? Oh, the, the, that, that's got a line of like 40 people out the front at all times, isn't it? It won the best croissant in the world yeah. last yes, year. Yes, it did. It's popular. So I was going to bring in croissants for you and I got there too Aww. late and they were sold out. And when I came back, but I was still on time at this point. I was like, that's okay, I'm still on time. There was a guy issuing me a parking ticket because I parked <gasps> right outside the front. Uh, no, but here's the thing. First thing I said, you got me. I shouldn't have parked there. I'm so sorry. And he'd already done the ticket. He said, what I'll do is if you go and buy a ticket now from the machine up the road, then I'll write a note saying he'd bought one. I didn't realize he'd bought one and you'll get off the ticket. But I was like, I'll be late if I do that. And so I said, no, no, it's okay. And he went, oh, really? You don't need to buy this? You're <laughs> right with that. And I could see him going to borrow a Hamish and Andy thing. Like he was like, yeah, oh, it must be nice to be able to just cop a parking fine and not even worry about it. <laughs> And I went, no, 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 it's okay. I'm just running late for something. And he goes, it'll take you five minutes. Go and buy a ticket. Then you won't get a $100 fine. And then you felt guilty. And so then I felt like it would be so unrelatable to be able to go, don't worry about it, mate. Don't I'll really? cop a $100 fine. <laughs> don't worry about it. That's right. So I felt guilty. So I was like, yeah, oh, okay. And I went and bought a ticket and it took so long. There was a lady in front of me and she took a long time. And I was like, oh, this is killing me. But it made me really late and I'm sorry. That's okay. Because okay. we needed time because we had a wardrobe malfunction. Oh. Where we started the podcast and Steph 
made fun of the fact that my top is I didn't mate see through and you can see my bra no. and so we just recorded before okay, this. You've just made that very awkward for we you. We just recorded before this and I pulled my skirt up here. Yep. Where am I looking? <laughs> I pulled my skirt up to my top here. So it looked like I was wearing a dress. <laughs> I kind of looked. Think, I, I, I think if I do that while you're in the room, it's probably inappropriate. We did a test before and it's a bit short, so I'll just leave I, wa- it. I want to look at what I'm trying to understand what you're saying, but I can't understand without looking. Do you think I need to pull it up now? <laughs> this is the best. Way to make an old man Move uncomfortable. Oh my God, I'm dying. <laughs> because when I walked in, yeah. you said to Mandy, you said to Mandy, uh, I thought you said, should I take my dress off? I said up. And I was like, whoa, what the f- what? <laughs> what are we, what are we, what's this episode? What are we doing? Should I pull my dress up? Oh, up. Covered. I've made it very awkward. But do you know what? Because do you know why it's awkward? Because we've, Hugh, had you on twice yeah. already on the podcast. It's yes. a lot. I don't yeah. think we've had any guests on more three times. Well, I'm very touched. You're Thank the most you. popular guest. But I do have to say, Hugh. Don't. What are you about to do? Don't. Laura. Don't. Laura Don't, I'm is cry. I hate you. a major <laughs> fan. So like a major fan. Like a full, full fan. Is that why she's going to take her pants off? <laughs> she's she's <laughs> very overwhelmed. <laughs> Gee, I hope you got footage of that. What's wrong with me? A lot of snot just came out of her nose time. and went back up again. <laughs> I really. That happened last week. That happened two years ago. It's a snot machine. I have that effect on women. I don't know. That's not a thing. That's not. Okay. 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 I'm going to compose myself. Okay. So, Sam has got a question for you. Okay. Okay. Let's just move on to the proper podcast, eh? First of all, actually, first of all, congratulations on your third baby. Thank you. That's amazing. And also, um, as I'm sure, and what I've heard from you talking, it's a lot, I'm sure. But you've spoken. I remember seeing you have a conversation with... um, Miller, I think, on yes. her podcast about being in a season and at the moment being in a bit of a storm. And I really, really resonated with the way that you described being in a season. And I actually mentioned it on another kick bump episode because I just, I thought it made so much sense. And I've really tried to kind of take that on board whenever I'm kind of struggling, particularly within parenthood. But when you spoke about your life in different seasons and how storms come and go, but at the moment you're in a bit of a storm in your life. So how are you, how are you going? We wanted to kind of check in and apologies from like kind of leaning into this question from a bit of a giggle, no, it's but a, it's, in all seriousness, how are you feeling? I love that you asked this question to start with because I, I think out of all the episodes we've done, that's the one that seems to resonate with people the most. And for those of you who haven't heard it very simply, in my 20s, I spent a lot of time wishing, you know, I first got out of school in my early 20s, I remember thinking, like, I've got to go to uni, I've got no money, and I just wish I had a full-time job so I had some money so I can do some more stuff. And then when I got my first full-time job, I was like, I've got no time to do anything, this is just ridiculous. And then sort of in my, I don't know, late 20s, early 30s, I was single, all my mates from school were getting married, everyone's having babies, and I couldn't even seem to end up on a date with anyone, let alone let alone have babies with someone. And so, and then I was just, I found myself wishing so much that I was married with kids. And I mean, now I'm, now I'm living that season, right? I'm married. I've got three beautiful kids, incredible wife, Penny. And I've noticed myself recently wishing again that I was in a different season of my life. I can't wait till the kids are in primary school because I'll drop them all off at primary school. Then I've got this time to my, a couple of my friends are in that stage. And now I'm going, oh, imagine you could drop your kids off at 8.45, you don't have to pee. You've got the whole day to yourself. That's unbelievable. And 
my wife the other day, um, our nanny said to us, oh, I just went for a run this morning and I've got coffee and it was all before eight in the morning. I'd changed three nappies. I've got breakfast ready for three kids. I hadn't even got in my pajamas and I was just, I'd had about four hours sleep. Oh, imagine we got to do that every day. And she handed me her phone and on it was an article, are you in tune with your, of the seasons of your life? And the second she handed me the phone, I thought, oh my God, I didn't need to read the article. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not. Because our life is, we need to remember that our life is a series of chapters and seasons. And what I love about that is every chapter comes to an end and every season comes to an end, a different season will start. And what I learned from the article and what made me reflect on was we just got to lean into the season that we're in and embrace it for what it is because I, so my daughter, Elsie, who is two and a half now, she is something else. I am genuinely learning stuff off her. Like I am learning how to embrace the day from my two-year-old. Like mm. when I put her to bed, she says to me, Daddy, I'm so excited for tomorrow. We'll wake up, we'll play some games, we'll have some breakfast. I'm so excited. And then she'll go, and, and then she'll go, I love you, Daddy. And I go, I love you too. And she goes, I really love you. I go, yeah, I really love you too. And then she'll lie down and go, I'm so cozy. I'm so cozy and I'm so excited for tomorrow. And so, but there will come a, and I love it. Like I just love it. But there will come a time in five or six or seven years time when that stops and she won't tell me she loves me every single night. She won't go to bed going, oh my God, how good's tomorrow going to be? Mm. And I'll, I'll be in that season of my life going, oh, I just miss when she used to do that. Mm. So I, I just think whatever season you're in, and I say this obviously understanding that some people are in a really, really, really shitty stage and maybe they're trapped in an awful situation. Or, and I'm not saying every single person just embrace the hardship that you're going through. But yeah. for a lot of us, the biggest issue we have right now is we're spending so much energy wishing we were in a different stage when we should just sit back and go, well, there are good parts to this that I will miss eventually. Oh, and I just think it's such an important message and like, because I mean, it's something we all kind of can think to ourselves is like, what can I be grateful for in this moment? But I suppose when you are really busy or things are really tough or really hectic, it's hard to remember to put the time in to kind of sit and reflect on things like that and to think of it in that way. And you are only getting busier. I mean, it's amazing what you're doing, but also you've got, you know, uh, three little ones. So how are you finding time for family and time to look after yourself, I suppose, within the storm of everything that's going on? Maybe I'm not as busy as I appear at the moment, but um, I am learning now at age 42 to protect my energy, which I haven't done ever in my life before, ever. And by protect your energy, I mean it's learning to say no. Mm. And it's kind of weird to go on our podcast the other day and he talked about not the fear of missing out but the joy of missing out. And so you can say no to something that you would like to do. Like it's something you, you would like to do but there'll be joy in missing out as well. Like we're trying to – what P and I are trying to do is create a really level – playing field for, for both of us where Penny's just as career driven as, as I am but all of a sudden from having a baby mm. she has to be she's tethered to this mm. child and which means she's kind of tethered to our home it's like a you know it's like Steph it's almost like you're in lockdown it's mm-hmm. like you're in lockdown mm-hmm. and so what we're trying to do is now Patrick is now three months old and so what we're trying to do is get Penny to be working two days a week and maybe working three days a week. And I've got two days where I'm, I'm at home. And it's not just that I'm at home, I'm doing the admin, I'm getting the kids ready for kinder, I'm getting the kids ready for daycare. It's my, like Penny just has to go mm. and she can come back 
So that's one thing that's like I really want to focus on is is being to get a balance there. And the thing I do for my mental health is run. Like I've I think we've talked about have we talked about running before how much I love running. Yes. And then, yes. And the pe- yeah. the guy I wanted to look like. <laughs> yeah. With the muscly legs. Yes, yes, the guy with the muscly yes. legs. The muscly guy, And I think yes. maybe one day I even sent you photos of my legs. <laughs> did I do that? Yes, That's weird. Yes. That's really weird. <laughs> That's really strange. I, did, I mean, yeah, it was kind of weird, but <laughs> I replied. <laughs> she was still a massive yeah, I fan. Also. I think I was trying to point out how far off I am that guy, maybe. I think, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so I'm trying to... So, so protecting my energy, which I think we should all do. I've never done it well, and it always leads to burnout. Mm. So I'm determined to not burn out this year and next year. So it's a long answer to your question, but I think trying to embrace the joy of missing out, saying no to stuff so mm. that I can really prioritize. Someone said the other day, you should write down a list of 30 things that are extremely important to you or things you want to do in your life. And then you, cr- in order, and then you cross out the bottom 27 and you just go, I'm going after the top three. Mm. Because if I go after all 30 of these, I'm just not going to do anything well. Mm. Go after the top three and the fourth thing might come up. You say no because it's a joy of missing out because you can put more into the top three. I think that's fantastic advice. I think you answered the question perfectly. Okay, cool. Good. <laughs> You've got to put boundaries in. Yeah, which I'm terrible at. It's, uh, well, and that leads into the next thing that I wanted to chat to you about, which it's about, so this episode of your podcast I've listened to five times. The Truth Versus Harmony podcast with oh, Dr. Yeah. Emily was yeah. just, it was so great. Uh, and I re-listened to it this morning while I was running <laughs> to, <laughs> because I wanted to ask you about it because that podcast, so when I first listened to it, I, and actually usually Dalton, who he was very jealous that he couldn't meet you today, my husband. We've been DMing. Yep. <laughs> so what we were doing for quite a while was every Monday morning we'd go for a run together and both have one AirPod and listen to the podcast. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That is awesome. No, that's awesome. Half this podcast is me being a fan. So no, no, it's no. <laughs> but this podcast in particular, I actually had to stop it halfway because it was so confronting for me. And I was like, this is exactly what I need to hear, but I don't know how to hear it. And I don't want to take it on board yet. And I need to have a pause. And then I really listened to it. So you spoke about when you spoke to your therapist about your relationship with truth versus harmony. Can you talk to that? Yeah. Like, how did that podcast make you feel? And then how have you been able to kind of from here, there, take it and actually apply it? Okay. So I remember I was really overwhelmed by work at a certain point mm. and I, I tried to chat to my team about it and just say, I'm feeling really burned out. What are we going to do about this? I've got so many commitments coming up. How can we? And everyone listens. They're really nice. And then they said, we'll do this, 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 and this. And I looked at it and they were trying to help, but I didn't. it didn't feel like it was going to work for me. Mm. But I went... Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks guys. I really appreciate that. And I just said, yep, that that's good. Mm. And what I, and I remember I was talking to my psychologist about it and she said, you need to get better at expressing your needs. And then straight after my psychologist, I called Dr. M, who's the psychologist on our podcast. And we just started talking about my psych session. So I had a psych session after a psych session, basically. And she said, yeah, this is classic truth mm. versus harmony. And I went, oh, yeah, again, I didn't need to hear much of the description. I just got it straight away. So many of us in our relationships, whether it be with our partner, whether it be with our family, whether it be with colleagues at work, our friendship groups, so often we just, in, in a, when we have to speak up or an issue comes up, we just choose harmony mm. because we just want everyone to get along. We don't want to cause any issues. We don't want to be a pain. We just want it to be a nice, easy. So we just choose harmony. We'll do whatever suits everyone else except for mm. ourselves. But the issue is every single time you choose harmony, it actually leads to resentment. And it might be a little bit of resentment. So in that situation at work, I would resent 
my work a little bit. And then the next time something would come up with work and I'd choose harmony mm. over truth, I'd a bit more resentment would pop up. And then it just builds and builds and builds. And at some point it comes out in a really unhealthy way. Mm-mm. Um, or maybe one day someone will say you do something work and you'll explode at them. Mm. Or your partner, maybe you keep choosing. I mean, that's a really common one in relationships, especially early on in a relationship. You meet someone, you fall in love they do something or they say something and you're like, oh, not sure I like that. I'm not sure I agree with that. I, I don't like what just happened there. But we don't want to cause a problem. So we sort of have, we just go with harmony. We just let it go. And then they'll do the same thing again a little bit longer. And then you just, you don't want there to be any issues because you're so in love and you want them to be in love with you. So you just don't say anything. And that's choosing harmony again. Mm. But the more and more you choose harmony, the more and more resentment builds up. And then it becomes quite unhealthy and they'll do something minor and you'll explode at them and you'll get so angry, you'll be so upset and they're like, is this person crazy? What's going on here? You're not crazy. You've just got a lot of resentment built up. Mm. But if you choose truth, that's how to get harmony long-term to, to speak mm. your truth. And so from a work point of view, maybe that's me saying, love that you've tried to do this, but no, nah, that doesn't work for me. Let's have another go at this. Well, what's, what, what's another way of solving this problem? But I'm a... I'm a harmony monster. Like I just, I have been my entire life mm. in relationships in with my family, especially my family, like my little sister, eating disorder as a teenager and was really sick. And so I'm, and my little brother Josh, the same thing. We're just harmony. Every We don't want to cause any other ripples in the family because there's a big issue going on. We got to make sure everyone's happy. So we're just choosing harmony, harmony, harmony. And I'm, I'm, I'm slowly getting better at it. It isn't like you, you hear about it and go, oh, awesome. I'm going to be a truth monster now. It's it's very hard in a moment when people are chatting about something, they suggest something or mm. with your partner, they do something like, oh, this is it. I'm not happy with this. Uh, I'll just let it go. Especially just, if you just want to avoid conflict because I was reflecting yeah. this morning and I think I'm horrible at it, horrible mm. and then need to work on it. But I think I was reflecting back to my childhood and I think it's because my parents growing up from – they, my parents separated when I was 12, but right. the, probably between hmm, probably 6 and 12, they argued a lot. Mm. And do, you I, have, do you have pretty strong memories of that? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I do. And because of that, and I had two younger sisters, so I was, mm, when I was 6, the youngest one was zero, and then well, <laughs> just zero. fresh out, fresh out, Lucy was fresh out, and Sienna was three. Um, so then maybe, maybe from a year after that or so, but I was the oldest. And so I remember I just hate it. It's so funny when you're young, you think you know everything and you think that like now now that they obviously after they separated, like I was mortifiedly embarrassed for years. I didn't tell anyone and I just thought it was horrible. Um, you felt but embarrassed then, about yeah, it. Yeah, so embarrassed because really? no one else had, had a broken ah, family. Right. Okay. And so I was I was so embarrassed, but now I reflect and I'm like it was the best thing that they ever did and I think they stayed together longer for us, which I feel like I wish they didn't have to because they were both so much happier mm. independently. But I remember for those kind of between 9 and 12, I just felt like my job was to be, and it wasn't, no one asked me to be this, but I felt like I had to be this little peacemaker in the family that every time I could sense that they were going to have an argument or something would trigger an argument, I would be on it to stop them so they didn't have the conflict trying to be the counsellor, the, the peacemaker, like let, let's talk about this. Like I, I, you, I didn't want them to get it into a bad fight. But I think because of that, and it's something that um, even in my leadership and at work, like, I, you know, Steph, I struggle so much with confrontation and any type yeah, of constructive, yeah, I've heard you say that on the podcast before, yeah. yeah, yeah. like conversation because I just, I, and I think when I was thinking about this morning, I've never kind of connected it before, but I think it's because for 
many years of my childhood, I was so not scared, but I was just, I wanted to avoid conflict at all costs. But then of course, then you just get to a point where you explode. But even saying that now, do you not forgive yourself is the right word, but empathize with yourself and go, of course I'm like that. Yeah, that makes yes. total sense. That's, as I was writing this morning, that was literally, that was like, totally makes sense. But then it's like, I don't want to be like this forever. So it's like, how do I? This is not a cancelling session. You know, no, 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 no. It's, it's fascinating. I, really, I find it so like fascinating. How do you move out of out of that? Yeah, I, I think you trial it in places where you feel pretty safe. So mm. in an environment where, I mean, I'm guessing the relationship you have with Steph and everyone kick. I'm sure, I'm sure you that's a, mm. a safe space for mm. you where you could practice. Mm. And in Steph's role as like your best mate is like to go, hey, I saw that and it was pretty <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> You chose, like, you actually chose truth mm. and that I'm proud of you, that kind of stuff. Like, it's if you if you let someone in on it, maybe. Mm. And you know, it's, a, it's a really nice one to, we had a lot of people say with after that episode that they listened to it with their partner so they could then have this really, like, they both heard it and they both go, mm. are you, are there things that are... It's funny you? with Dalton, I I'm, don't. I choose truth. <laughs> it's like, I just can't. I really, I'm poor Dalton, probably too much truth. You truth all the way. No, well, that's a, it's very funny. I, I walked out in front of our house about two weeks after that episode came out. There's a couple that live three doors down across the road and the lady, they'd be in their 50s, I think, and the lady came over and she goes, she was quite emotional. She goes, she goes, that episode, truth for something, changed my life forever. It has cha- and she goes, changed my life forever. And then the, da- the guy goes, yeah, mine too. Thanks very much. <laughs> Was he? he was goes, he serious? Yeah, he was angry. He goes, really? Yeah, great. Thanks for that. Really appreciate it. He was genuinely Is, worked on neighbours. <laughs> yeah, a few doors down. Yeah. He was just so angry because all of a sudden she's running around speaking her truth everywhere. It's pretty amazing though. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lovely, yeah. I mean, it's the thing I love about the podcast. I keep learning all this incredible stuff mm. that just, you know, and on a serious note, to hear that a couple are like going for a run in the morning listening to the podcast together, <laughs> that just makes my day. Like it really does because it's it's... I mean, Don's obviously a really special person, but like, I reckon a lot of, there's a lot of feedback we get like, oh, I just can't get my husband to listen to this. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I love, I, that's really nice. That's really nice to listen to it together so you can go on that journey together. Mm. Hugh, I think what you said there about like taking learnings from your own podcast, right? I think because you're someone who you've spoken with experts before you've learned so many incredible stories but to learn that it was only of recent times that you know you yourself went and saw a therapist and you know of all of these things like choosing truth over harmony always you know of these things that help you and that help one's mental health I feel like it's easy for someone to assume who may not be educated in those areas who may have never spoken to a therapist before Mm. never listened to you know a self-help podcast or read a book or anything like that yeah it, it would be easy for them to be like, hang on, you've known all of this of this, and you still have these struggles. So I suppose it's like, how do you make sure that the things that you listen to or absorb in the conversations that you have, that, that where you do learn so much, how do you make sure that you actually implement them into your life? Gosh, that's a really great question. So first thing I'd say is if I hadn't learned this stuff over the last five to 10 years, I'd be stuffed now. Like I'd be in a terrible place. Um I think the main thing I keep coming back to is, for example, I talk so much to people about the power of practicing gratitude and mm. writing down things that went well for you throughout the day. I don't do it all the time. In fact, I go through long stretches where I don't do it. Mm. And then I go, sometimes I go, oh my God, I'll be on stage going, you're such a fraud. You don't do this. Like in my, I don't say that out loud. In my head, I'm saying, what are you like? Yeah. Why, yeah. why can you expect people to do this if you don't do it all the time? But I think that's kind of the point. I'm not an expert. I'm not 
a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a doctor, I was so fascinated. Um, the moment my sister was first admitted to hospital is the moment I became so fascinated with the question, what is it that makes people happy? Not because I wanted to fix my sister. Mm. I knew that was impossible, but mm. I wanted to know how to help mum and dad, mm. you know, feel happy again because they were so, as a family, we were such a sad family. We'd gone from so happy to so sad so quickly. And so I'm someone who's fascinated that question and I, I love reading the research behind it, the science behind it. And then I love thinking about ways to make it accessible. Because often, you know, I'll read an academic paper and it's really heavy stuff and really quite boring, to be honest. But in there, there's some really great stuff. And I just, I read it and go, well, that is so good and people need to know about this. But I need to find a story that relates to my life that people can sort of learn from. Mm. And gosh, the last three months, you know, have been so easily, so easily the, the, the toughest three months of my life. Just having a having a third child uh, in the middle of a Melbourne winter, and mm-hmm. you know, we're we're getting. My Garmin the other day said I've, I've had an average in the last two months of four and a half hours sleep a night. That's what mm-hmm. I'm averaging. Oh, um, what did you do before? Is that that's not much for you? No, I, I know I, some, some people function on four. I'm eight hours. Yeah, before you're eight, nine. Oh, yeah. Before kids, I was like ten. Yeah, <laughs> give me ten, please. Yeah. Um, and so I've, I've really struggled the last three months to, to mm. be brutally honest. Oh, sleep deprivation is the absolute worst. Absolute worst. Yeah, it's horrific. And so with that, I keep coming back to the fact that, because in my head, I'm like, but you're the guy that everyone keeps turning to, everyone's asking you how to cope in a challenging time mm. and look at you not coping in this challenging time. And so, but I keep saying to myself, but that's life though. Like that, we're not going to be happy all the time. We will, life is, is ups and downs. Um, we're going to struggle throughout. And I think when we're struggling, just acknowledging that we are and sharing it with people, mm. that that's the best we can do, I think. that that That's like gold standard struggling. You know, I'm struggling, I'm acknowledging it, I'm going to tell the people that I love I'm struggling. I, I think that's, and then you start looking for help in ways you can sort of start to heal or, or even just cope. You know, mm. I, I that's feel like I've, the word resilience has been to me, I'm like, God, Resilience to me sort of means that you bounce back and become stronger. Right now, I just want to cope. I just want to survive this three months. And I'm, I'm actually feeling myself starting to come out of it just now. But yeah, I think for me, it's like, it's just, it's been a really tough three months and I know all this stuff and I see a therapist and it's really just embracing the struggle for what it is. It's a, come back to the chapters, like this is a chapter and, and I got to work through it. Thank you for sharing that. Because I think to hear you, people who are very, strong and when I say strong doesn't mean you always have to be strong but you know you are yeah, yeah. and I think sometimes that can people can think oh I you know I wish I was as resilient as you or if I wish I knew how to deal th- with things like you do but knowing that you also struggle I think is it's really nice not, not that I want no no I know exactly what you're saying I, I know exactly I'm what glad, you're saying no I'm not glad you're struggling but thank you for sharing it that's okay and now I'm going to get myself out of this hole and we have got a surprise for you the surprise for you is that we know that you on The Imperfects do the Vulnerability House. Mm. So do you want to explain firstly what that is? So the Vulnerability House is where we draw three cards off a deck and every card has got a vulnerable question on it. And our guests choose one of those questions to answer. And they don't have to because forced vulnerability doesn't quite count, but it'd be a bad episode. If they don't, everyone's <laughs> found one they can answer so far. <laughs> Um, and yeah, they just answered that question. So that's kind of what the vulnerability house is. So we are going to do the hilarity house. <laughs> <laughs> Look in the effort we made. 
<laughs> amazing. So we, we, yeah, so they're on bluey cards, everyone, and that's amazing because in our on our podcast, we we draw a deck of bluey cards because I was meant to get them printed out, but I just forgot. And on the day I left the house, the only cards I could find was my son's bluey cards. So I took them and we put post-it notes on, we write on them. So, um, And we did this on purpose. Unbelievable. <laughs> so good. Okay, so we've got the three bluey cards here, each Hilarity. with a question on them, and we'd like you to read them. Choose which one you would like to answer and share a personal slash hilarious story. Okay. So not vulnerability, funny. Hilarity. It's a hilarity house. Okay. Nice to be in a hilarity hey, house. Welcome. <laughs> okay. My three questions are, oh, okay. Number one, what has been your most awkward celebrity encounter? I think most people who have heard me speak before know exactly what that is, but it could be a good one to share today. Mm-hmm. What's the worst time you've put your foot in it? That came from me. I have a very bad one where I announce one of our team's leaving parties. Like oh, they, yes. they yeah, resigned yeah, yeah. and I yeah. announced yeah. to no one, the team didn't know. Yeah. But I, I announced his party of departure before he announced his resignation and I just felt oh. horrible. And I can say it because we spoke about it and we laughed oh. about it and it's fine and he's a wonderful person, but I felt really bad. So anyway, that's where that came from. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Third one, have your parents ever caught you doing anything or have they seen something <laughs> they shouldn't have? And where does that come from, Steph? Mm, yeah, so um, this is from a story of mine that I shared where I accidentally sent a nude photo to both of my parents in a group chat. <laughs> oh. And then she sent it to me because she was like, what do I do? And I was like, why did you send this to me? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> that is just... What, what did they say? What did they- you know what? I The only reason I, I realised that I'd sent it to them and not Josh, by the way, that's who it was meant to go to. Yeah, um, that was my guess. <laughs> my mum wrote back and said, I don't think we needed to see that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The worst. I feel like you guys have got better examples of these. But anyway, I'll, do you know I sent my mum a message once? I, I sleepwalk a fair bit and I also sleep talk a lot. I sleep texted my mum once. Whoa. I sent her a text That's message dangerous. in my sleep. And the message said, <laughs> the message said, please stop doing that to me. <laughs> and I sent it to mum. <laughs> so she woke up in the morning and what she just wrote it? me a message and what said. What was your dream? I can't remember. I just, oh, okay. that's, I just, <laughs> mum sent me a message and all it said was, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. How come? She said, I'm guessing that message wasn't for me. <laughs> what message? And I went back through messages and it, 3.42 a.m. I sent mum a message saying, please stop doing that to me. <laughs> Have you ever heard anyone texting no, in their sleep before? Nah, that's no. dangerous because what if you sent a big secret off to oh, someone? Imagine if I just did like an Instagram post or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> sent a, yeah. Do you, is your phone confiscated from your bedroom? It should be after that, but it's not. Yeah. But I, I really should. So anyway, that, that's not my answer. What's, <laughs> what's You guys can choose which one you like the most for my awkward celebrity encounters. Okay. The first one uh, happened very recently. I went to a launch for Amazon. Um, mm-hmm. I'm doing a, one of my shows going to be on Amazon to stream next year. It's a pretty big deal. It was cool. It was Congrats. Really good. That's yeah, amazing. thank you. Yeah, it was awesome. It's called Gem. It's coming out in February next year. That's awesome. And um, I was told that Joel Creasy was the MC. I was like, cool, that's great. And I'm staying around and people, all these celebrities are coming in and Reese Nicholson, very, very outwardly gay, um, terrific gay performer, comedian. And he came over and he said, um, hi, I'm Reese." And I went, no, he didn't say, he just said, hello, he didn't introduce himself. He said, he goes, hi. And I went, oh, you're emceeing today. How exciting. And he goes, uh, 
don't think I am. And I went, I've just read the thing before. It's definitely you. And he goes, oh, am I? I didn't know I was, so that's going to be interesting. And I went, it's definitely you, mate. And he goes, are you thinking about Joel Creasy? And I went, no, no, actually, no, I'm, no, uh, no, I, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just the other gay excellent comedian. Did he comedian. get offended? Uh, I don't know. He was very kind to me, so maybe not. So that's the first one. Second one, um, I um, had an encounter with a queen once and I said, when I saw her, I went, oh, fuck. That's all I said to her. That's Because only... you were excited? I was so surprised. I was at Lord's Cricket Ground. I was 21 years old. I was at Lord's. I had quite a few beers and I was like, I'm going to the toilet. And I went out and everyone was lining up for, there was this long line of, it looked like men. I was like, oh, cool. This is the Long toilet. Queue. This is the line for the queue. And I stood there facing forward, not realizing everyone was facing <laughs> sideways. And this car pulled out. Everyone was like going, oh, that was before iPhone. So no one was taking photos. And everyone was like leaning forward. And I went, what's going on? And the car just stopped right there. And the queen was just right there. And I went, oh, fuck. <laughs> it was just there. That's the only thing I said to her. Oh, no. And she just nodded politely and I drove off. <laughs> I thought it was because you got to meet her because of your podcast or something. No. <laughs> No, I was, say, well, I was twenty-one. I thought you would have thought about that. Thank you. Wait, we need to we need to shout everything out that you drew. No, 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 that's, that's cool. Just you don't. Have okay, to do the Resilience Project. Yep. everyone check it out. That's yep. where he's. Are you the found founder? I am. Yes, founder founder of the Resilience Project. You have two books. Don't act all cool like you didn't know. No, that. No, because it, maybe you had a co-founder that is in the no, background. I, I, no, I, I <laughs> yeah. did it and. Yeah, Imperfects in and Resilience Project. If you'd like more, you can look those up. Books, um, podcast. And stay tuned because my wife is writing a book um, oh. about her experience with OCD. It'll be out next year and it's going to be – she's a beautiful writer. And, um, yeah, a lot of people out there experience OCD, but it's a mm. real – it's like a stigma on top of a stigma. People mm. don't talk about it because it's such a strange thing to go through. And she's sharing her story to – some other people who struggle will, will, will have a place to go and learn more. So that, that is the thing I'd say – to people go and have a look at. Love that. But it, it's such a joy to be invited on here. I, I, all jokes aside, I love you both so much <laughs> and I feel so privileged to be on here. You spread joy. I mean, I've seen you on your tour recently and packing out like stadiums of people exercising and talking about this really important stuff. So you're both doing incredible work. You really Thank are. You. And I, I'm in awe of what you do. And thanks for having me today and sorry for talking so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening today, guys. If you would like to get involved with our podcast, you can email us a voice memo or your stories or questions to podcast at keepitcleaner.com.au. And you can download the Kick app on the Apple or Google Play Store or visit keepitcleaner.com. We have got a free trial on there for you to enjoy. And we are also on socials at Steph Claire Smith and Laura.henshaw. We'll catch you next time. Bye. 